Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week our podcast features an episode of The Clock called All the Money in the World. It first aired on November 17, 1946. Sunrise and sunset, promise and fulfillment, birth and death. The whole drama of life is written in the sands of time. We present a new series of radio programs, The Clock. Nice to see you again. Pleasant to be back. Got a little time to spare? 30 minutes, maybe, by the clock? Funny thing about time, to some it's priceless, to others it has no value. It's the most perishable commodity in the world, and yet it lasts forever. If we lose it, we're unhappy, but we don't mind giving it away. For instance, there was young Joey. Have you ever heard of Joey Harper? Well, perhaps you haven't. He's a likable young fellow, though, alert, ambitious, and cheerful. Well, usually cheerful, anyway. For even the best of dispositions can often change. I'd like to tell you about Joey. Will you listen? It might be worth your while. It's so amazing you may not believe it, although it could have happened to you. Now, listen, Lois, listen. you got to listen. It wasn't my fault. Gee, honey, I love you. I wouldn't hurt you, Lois, for all the money in the world. All the money in the world. Joey used those words before, but in a different way. Joey felt that money made the clock go round, and that everyone had it but him. Joey? Yeah? What are you thinking about? Your old lady. What? I I mean your mother. Oh. Gee, I'm sorry about what she said, Joey. Ah, it's not your fault. Maybe I'll never have any more doll than I got right now. Maybe she's right, I'm just about. Oh, don't say that, Joey. You've got to give yourself a little time. Time? How much time do you think I got? I'm 22, Lois, practically middle-aged. I'll be tripping over my beard before I get a nickel in the bank. Maybe it's your job, Joey. Oh, no, no, it's not my job, Lois. I've done everything from selling insurance to driving a hack. But I always make the same amount, 35 bucks a week. <gasps> You can't expect to be successful overnight. Other guys can do it. Why can't I? You know, it's like a jinx. I work like a dog. I, I yell for a raise. I, I stick my nose to the grindstone till it hurts. But it always comes out the exact same way, Lois. Thirty-five smackers a week. Everybody can't be rich, I guess. Everybody can't have a million dollars. I wish I was so rich that a million was just like chicken feed. I, I wish I had all the money in the world. Joey? Yeah? Look at this window display. Oh, isn't that a lovely ring? I'll say it is. Which one are you looking at? The one with all those diamonds. Oh, that's not the one I mean, silly. I'm talking about the gold one. The plain one over there. The, the wedding ring. Oh. I 
guess it isn't really very expensive, is it? Well, who cares? We're not going to buy it. Joey! Oh, let's face it, Lois. You know your mother won't let you get married to me. She thinks I'm a lamb and she wants a son-in-law with cash. We just have to be patient. Barry Cannon's the guy for her. His old man's got dull. He'll own the business one of these days and he'll be in solid. Me? I'm just a jerk. Joey, please don't spoil the evening by talking that way. Harry's the perfect son-in-law. He's got dough in his pocket and a new suit in his back. Even the fillings in his teeth are made of gold. And someday I'm going to knock him out one by one just to prove my point. Joey, if you dare get into a fistfight with Barry Cannon, I... Why, there he is. That's Barry in that car. Hi there, sweetie. Hello, Barry. How goes it, Joe? Pretty good. Until you got here. <laughs> How do you like the bus? Why, it's new, Barry. Yeah, it's to be back 1500 It's got style. Oh, I think it's lovely. Don't you, Joey? It reminds me of a hearse. Joey! Still sore at the world, Joey? Why don't you take that over-polished kitty car and go right home? Joey, I wish you wouldn't be so rude. Oh, that's all right, Lois. I don't bruise easily. You coming to my party on Friday night? Well... We're dressing, you know. It's formal. Well, we're not going, Barry. Well, if you're worried about the clothes, I can lend you my dinner jacket. I'm wearing tails. You'd certainly look good with tails, Barry. Hanging from a tree. Joey! <laughs> all right, all right. If this guy appeals to you so much, Lois, I'll bow out. I'm sick and tired of hearing him talk about himself. And I'm sick and tired of hearing your family talk about me. Hey, hey, what is this? Lover's quarrel? Barry, you driving uptown? Sure. Would you drop me off at my home? Hop in. When you're ready to apologize, Joey Harper, you can let me know. Joey just stood there and watched Lois drive away. And he felt she didn't understand. The tragedies of youth can be painful things, mellowed only by time alone. If he could only have explained to Lois. If he could have only told her... You... You don't know what it means, Lois, when a... When a guy can't afford to buy his girl an engagement ring... When I take you to the movies, we always sit in the cheapest seats. <sighs> After a while, Lois, it gets so you begin to think that money's the most important thing on earth. And you can't live without it. Sometimes you even feel you don't want to live without it. Yes, if Joey could have told her that, the story might have been different. But he didn't. He had too much pride. So he merely watched the girl he loved drive away with another boy. Then he turned and walked slowly home. But every once in a while, he'd pause in front of a shop window and look hungrily inside. Beautiful, aren't they? What? Those airman wraps. Huh. Oh, yeah, they cost a lot of dough. In the next shop, they have a cigarette case made of solid gold. You know, it'd take me a week to make enough money to even buy the boxes they come in. That money won't bring you happiness. That line was invented for laugh by the guys who got it. Really? And the laugh? Is on guys like me. Uh, you're wrong, my boy. Who says so? Who are you, anyway? I beg your pardon. I didn't mean to intrude. He was a little old man in a worn felt hat. And to Joey, he seemed as old as... Well, time. He seemed to shuffle as he walked, as if his balance was bad, and Joey saw him start to cross the street. The light suddenly changed, and the heavy surge of traffic made the old man panicky. He started to run without looking around. And the driver in the bus turned the corner and didn't see him. And then Joey Harper bounded forward and made a flying dive. 
The two of them rolled over to the curb. <laughs> what happened? You almost got killed, that's what. Here. Let me help you up. Hey, thank you. That bus, I didn't see that bus. Look, mister. In New York, you watch where you go when you cross the street. Those ten-ton buses can make a permanent crease in your future. Yes, I guess I'm not used to all this traffic, but you saved my life, young man. Ah, uh, forget it. No, 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 young man. You saved my life. Not that it's worth very much to me. But I have a great capacity for gratitude. Well, I, I guess you and I are in the same boat, Pop, when you say your life isn't worth very much. But I'm old, and I have no one who cares. But you're young and strong. Why do you feel the way you do? It's simple, Pop. I'm broke. You mean you haven't got a job? Well, I got a job. I can always get a job. But what good does it do? I'll never make enough to live the way I like. How would you like to live? You ever read The Count of Monte Cristo? Yeah. Well, that's the kind of dough I'd like to have. Not a thousand bucks or even a million. I'd like to have so much money there'd be no end to it. I'd like to wrap up the world in cellophane and stick it in my pocket like a pack of cigarettes. Yes, but money isn't everything. <laughs> it's enough for me. You see, I have the kind of money that you talk about. Unlimited quantities to do with as I please. I am the richest man who ever lived. But it doesn't make me happy. Pop, you... You didn't crack your head on that curb, did you? You, you, you feel okay? Where do you live, young man? 87 Metal Street. Why? And what's your name? Joey Harper. My name is Pickering, and I'm going to reward you for saving my life. <laughs> you better keep your money, mister. You look like you need as much as me. I said I'm going to reward you, Joey. And I mean it. Yeah? I'm going to give you all the money in the world. Joey watched the old gentleman shuffle away. And in spite of his depression, Joey smiled. All the money in the world. Joey doubted if the old man had anything more valuable to give away than... His time. But Joey didn't know how valuable the old man's time could be. A few minutes later, Joey reached his furnished room. He'd made a big decision. He was going away for good. He'd forgotten all about Mr. Pickering by the time he'd packed his bag. But when he opened the door to go, the old man was standing there with an envelope in his hand. Good evening. Oh. Hello, Mr. Pickering. Are you going somewhere? I'm getting out of this town. For keeps, I'm through bucking the system. I know when I'm licked. Do you have a minute to spare? Sure. Come in. Thanks. So this is where you live. Yeah. Classy, isn't it? You prefer more elaborate quarters? And I'm going to get it, too. Tomorrow night, I'll probably sleep in the park, and then I'll have plenty of room to move around. <laughs> I'd suggest a four-story brownstone mansion. I believe there's one available right now. Of course, you'd have to arrange for a staff of servants, but <laughs> that could be managed, too. What are you trying to do? Give me a ride? You can give it to me, Joey, when you get your limousine. Well, right now, I'm using the subject. Joey! Come back, Joey. Would you mind leaving me alone? Come back, Joey, and open this envelope. It may change your mind about many things. What's in that envelope? When you open it, you'll see. But before you do, remember this is only a trickle. It's a drop in the bucket. 
There's more where that came from, lots more, and I promise you I'll keep you well supplied. You, you must be nuts. I have no more use for what you'll find in that envelope, Joey. I've achieved my goal, you see. I only hope it'll help you to achieve your own. Go on. Open it, Joey. Hey, hey, it's money. A half a million dollars in thousand dollar bills. It's yours, Joey. It's all yours. Have you ever wished upon a star and had that wish fulfilled? It's common among mortal men. Joey knew the meaning of wish fulfillment when he stared at all the money on that table. For five full minutes, and I timed him personally, he didn't move. $500,000. And Mr. Pickering had said it was only a drop in the bucket. What are you thinking of, Joey? I... I... Are you planning to do a lot with your money, or are you thinking of uh, calling the police? I just can't talk. I... No, no, Joey. I didn't rob a bank or lift a payroll. Then where'd you get the money? Are you asking questions, Joey? Are you going to waste time in quibbling? Or are you going out to satisfy every dream and every ambition you've ever had? You're right, Mr. Pickering. I'm just a sap. I... I've been tearing my hair and beating my chest and praying for a break. And then when I get one, I... I'm scared. Scared? What's there to be frightened about? You didn't steal anything. There's everything you've ever wanted on that table, and there's more to come. So why bother with questions? Grab it, Joey. Stuff it in your pockets. Go out and spend it. You just watch my scene. <laughs> There's a store downtown, Joey. An expensive establishment that deals in boats. They have a yacht in the sales. And that's the first on my list. I'll start with the expensive stuff and then work my way down the scale of the junk. Where's my hat? Oh, never mind. I'll buy a couple of dozen on my way down. That's a nice pub you got standing there, mister. Yes, it is, isn't it? And what's it cost? Well, that yacht is our largest model. Ninety feet accommodates 14 people. Its cabins are completely furnished. It requires a crew of six. I ask what it cost. $145,000. F-O-B. I'll take it. You what? I said I'll take it. <laughs> and how will you pay for it? In cash. One hundred and forty-five thousand. Any tax? You... You got that cash in your pocket? One hundred and forty-five thousand on the nose. No tax? The tax is included, sir. Uh, have it shipped to the Hudson River and let me know what pier. Uh, I'll give you my address and you just give me a receipt. And if you're a nice boy, I'll come around and buy another one. When the paint wears off the one I got. You've heard of King Midas? Well, he was a candidate for the poorhouse compared with Joey Harper. You wouldn't believe what he managed to accomplish in the next three hours. You wouldn't believe it unless I gave you my word for it, and I was there with him when it happened. One sixteen-cylinder limousine, I'll pay for it in cash. Yes, sir. One ermine wrap from a gold friend, and I'll pay for it in cash. Yes, sir. <laughs> this tailcoat looks nice. I'll take four, and don't forget the shoes, the shirts, the socks, and the suits. I want the most expensive money can buy. Oh, yeah, and throw in those garters over there. You know the ones with the diamond buckles? And stick my initials on everything, brother, just the way I like. <laughs> If you got something to sell, then bring it up. I'll buy anything and everything just as long as it isn't cheap. And I'll pay for it in cash. Yes, sir. Good evening, Joey. 
Mr. Beckering. I hope you don't mind my waiting here in your room. I was wondering how you made out. Oh, I'm doing fine. I, I just bought that four-story private house. You know the one that faces Fifth Avenue? And I told him to throw in the doorman for luck. How does it feel to have all that money? Oh, it feels like being on a merry-go-round. You uh, haven't got tired of it yet? Tired of it? You mean there are people who get tired of money? I was merely asking. Brother, I'll never get tired of it. Well, enjoy yourself, Joey. I... I presume you have everything you want. Just about, except my girl. But when a mother hears about this doll... Oh, yeah, but th th that reminds me. I, I'm i running short. <laughs> I thought you might. Uh, I don't like to be a hog about this, Mr. Pickering, but you told me it was only a drop in the bucket. Quite so. And half a million isn't nearly enough for what I want to buy. I guessed as much, so I took the liberty of bringing more. You mean... Inside the suitcase? Yes, Joey. There's ten million dollars in here. Ten million? Do you think it might last for the rest of the week? However, it I... doesn't matter. There's really no limit to what you can spend. Oh, uh, Joey, the money is mostly in thousand-dollar bills. So I noticed. And uh, just in case you've been having trouble changing bills of that denomination, I've added a few hundred thousand in fives and tens. I hope you don't mind. Ten million dollars. Holy smokes. Enjoy it, Joey. And remember that the bucket hasn't even been touched. What a boat, Joey. And what a car. That's the slickest job I ever saw. Now come around on Sunday, Barry, and I'll have my chauffeur take you for a spin around the park. Oh, Joey, darling, I think it's wonderful. Mother just can't wait until we get married. Well, she'll just have to wait. Tell her to take it easy, and maybe I'll even invite her to the wedding. Two Rembrandts and one Da Vinci. Is there anything else you'd like to buy, sir? Why, why, sure. There, there, there must be something else. There, there must be. Yes, Joey had bought everything he could think of, and he still had millions left. He had all the money in the world, but he didn't have all the time in the world in which to spend it. Then something peculiar started to happen in Joey's mind. The last shopping spree he'd had wasn't half as much fun as the first. There didn't seem to be anything left for him to buy. He had everything a man could ask for, yet somehow he wasn't happy. And he wondered why. Joey. Oh, hello, Mr. Pickering. I thought I'd come up and see you again once more. Oh, now, now, look, Mr. Pickering, I don't need any more money. Honest, I don't. Look, I'm having a tough enough time right now spending what you gave me, so will you take it easy for a while, please? What's the matter, Joey? You sound unhappy. You have everything you want, everything you've ever wished for. Isn't that enough? Well, it, it should be. <laughs> but it isn't. I know. I came to that conclusion myself. You see, Joey, you have nothing to look forward to, nothing to work for. When things come as easily as they've come to you, they, they lose their value. They become cheap, Joey, even though they're worth a fortune. Is that what happened to you, Mr. Pickering? Yeah, my fate was even worse. All my life I'd lived to achieve one goal, and then when I thought I'd accomplished an artistic triumph, I found that I'd failed. But one day I'll try again, Joey. Oh, yes, one day I'll try again. Uh, try, try what? To make the perfect thousand-dollar bill. You mean... You mean you... You made that money you gave me 
Yourself? I am a printer, Joey, and for 20 years I've printed nothing but handbills and dinner menus. But I also happen to be a genius, and I was going to prove it. My goal was to make money so perfect in every detail that the right thing would look like a counterfeit. Oh. Oh. You didn't make counterfeit, though. You didn't. Now, just a minute, Joey. No. Remember this. I didn't make that money to cheat the government. Oh, no. I never spent a cent of it. To me, it was an artistic goal. No more, no less. I am not a counterfeiter, Joey. I am an artist. Here, Joey, what are you doing? I'm calling the police. Don't bother. They're right outside your door. They followed me here. You got me into this, Mr. Pickering. You got me into this. You got to get me out. Joey, you're getting too excited. I didn't know that, though. It was bad. You gave it to me. You told me it was a reward, Mr. And Pickering. And so it was a generous reward. Open up in the name of the Lord. No. No, they aren't going to take me. Stay out. Stay out of you here. You can't no. escape, Joey. There's nothing you can do. And your time is running short. You and your money. Why do you keep out of my life? Who wants your money? Who wants it? Who wants it? <laughs> Why, it's the district attorney himself. Five million dollars. He passed five million dollars in counterfeit money. And we'll give him a year in jail for every nickel. No, no, oh, He no. told me his chauffeur would take me for a ride. Huh. Now he'll take a little ride for himself. Keep away from me. Keep away from me, all of you. My mother was right. Joey Harvey, you've disgraced me. Lois, Lois, you got to listen, Lois. I wouldn't hurt you, Lois. Lois, honest, I wouldn't. Five hundred years in jail. In solitary confinement. And I get the girl. Oh. Five hundred years in jail. Oh. And I get the girl. No, no, don't touch me, Lois. Lois, you've got to listen. Lois, listen. Lois, Lois, you've got to listen, Lois. Joey, I know. We all know, Joey. Joey, it's all right. Uh, 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 Joey, you've been delirious ever since you started to come out of the ether. Ether? Don't you remember? That old man you tried to save downtown, you pushed him out of the way and the bus hit you. The bus hit me? But the doctor said you'd be all right. Well, Joey, I was so frightened, so scared I'd lose you. Then, then it was all in my mind. Just, just in my mind. You talked so much and said such funny things... The doctor told me that often happens to patients like you. Joey? Well? Haven't you noticed the flowers? Oh, yeah. The flowers. Mother sent them. What? Joey, you're a hero. You've saved somebody's life. You're going to be in the papers tomorrow and everything. But best of all, Mother thinks you're wonderful. And she's planning the wedding just as soon as you're well. Oh, I don't care if we have to struggle a while, because I know you'll make good if we work hard together. Mr. Pickering said you got to have something to look forward to and work for to be happy. Mr. Pickering? Well, who's he? <laughs> Just the guy I met under the ether. Lois, pinch me. Pinch you? What for? I, I just want to make sure I'm still not under the ether.
And that's the story of Joey Harper as recorded by the clock. Well, it worked out pretty well, all things considered. The moral? Well, yes, I suppose there is a moral to this story, but I prefer to leave it up to you. Sleep on it tonight. Give me your answer in the morning. I'll be at your bedside, but I'll make sure to ring before I drop in. And now it's time to leave you once again. It's been very pleasant for me. I hope it's been enjoyable for you. The clock will be heard again next week, same time, same station. This program is written by Lawrence Clee, and you've heard Hart McGuire as the clock. As Joey Rodney Jacobs, as Mr. Pickering Owen Ainley. Others were Carly Neville, John Bonney, Ken Hannon. The clock is directed by John Saul, a Grace Gibson radio production. Like a clock ticking down, this radio program's days were numbered to only two years, from 1946 to 1948. Each episode featured a different cast and characters, but all the stories dealt with time, usually time running out. A man's past can come back to haunt him at just the wrong turn, or a safecracker needs to open a safe before he suffocates, or a man is on the run for his life. Gene Kirby narrates the show as Father Time, saying such witty things as, In England, they call me Ben, and I have a large and extremely showy flat in Westminster Tower. The show does a good job of creating tension and drama based on its premise of always looking for a ticking time bomb type of storyline. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.